Hey, everybody. Just a quick note before we begin. We had some technical difficulties recording this podcast, and because of that, we had to get rid of about half of it. Um, you'll hear a little bit of it uh, in segment two with Jonathan's audio. Uh, it got way worse than there, but that's neither here nor there. Because we had uh, we haven't made a lot of episodes this year, Jonathan and I decided that we would release what we had just to tide you over because we weren't going to have the time to fix it. And we didn't want to skip another episode. So here is half of episode 106 of the Forgot My Dice podcast, I guess. And and what you're going to get is off the shelf and the news. And then after that's all done, I'll be back and we will chat about what we're going to do with the missing stuff. And let the episode begin. Countdown for blast off. X minus five, four, three, two, X minus one, fire. And welcome to another episode of the Forgot My Dice podcast. I'm your host, Jonathan Edwards, and with me, of course... Final park improvement to my massive jump in points. Mr. Robert Lundgren, how you doing? There's a beat there, sir. There was a beat. Uh, yeah, because I couldn't find the line in the script. I... <laughs> you didn't go all in with gusto like you usually do. It was... I am I am disappointed. I'm, I'm a little bummed because friggin' Google opened up a, a pop-up over the script, so I had to do scrolling just to find where we were. Uh, mm-hmm. All right. All right. I believe you. Jonathan, I don't believe you. You can believe what you want. I, I believe you. Even the truth. I believe you. No, I don't. It's okay. I don't need your belief for the reality of truth to set in. As always, let's go ahead and get started with a big old thank you to our patrons over at Patreon. You guys help us keep the lights on, the servers humming, and more of this uh, questionably quality entertainment heading your way. You're always so negative. We have fine entertainment. Like like lean into it, man. No no uh imposter syndrome. We are we are good podcasters. Oh no, I'm not saying we're not good podcasters. But you always but say adequate. You always say adequate. We we're, we're our shtick is not for everybody and you know it. That doesn't mean it's adequate. I mean, for crying out loud, I've been divorced. I can say that. My shtick is not for everybody. But it doesn't mean it's adequate. We have fine shtick. If you're into the shtick, you know, there's no fun police. If you enjoy it, so you enjoy it. Aren't, yeah, so people aren't into the shtick, though, you know? You, you know what? Cool. I positive. That. Positive. Say, you keep this awesome content going. And you know what? Especially the patrons, if they don't like us, they wouldn't be giving us money. So it's not questionable to them. They, they, they want to be here. They're on the train. They're going That's with right. us. That's right. The FMD Choo-choo. train. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. If we, if we have a, we're going to have a big bus, like, like that crappy movie that I love for no reason. The nuclear powered bus. Oh, God. <laughs> hey, playing here up on the big bus in the lounge. Do, 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 do. All right. Moving right along. It's your line, baby. It's my line. Oh, yeah. Well, that was, see, Jonathan, did you hear that, that story? I Who had shared? the beat now, bitch? Did you hear that story I just shared? Happy National Tell a Story Day. Like what kind of story? Any story? Any story. Yeah. Libraries around the country participate in the day with special storytelling times for kids. Do you have a story to tell? It does not matter if the story is short or long or fiction or nonfiction. Tell a tale, a tall tale or folklore. 
Seek storytellers in your life and encourage them to regale you with stories. As you listen, record them in some way. This is a day for them all. Happy National Tell a Story Day. Use that hashtag, National Tell a Story Day. I like it. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Seems, seems fitting for us. Unfortunately, most of my stories are not appropriate for a younger audience, so. That is a lie, because you tell me about your darling puppy all the time and send me pictures, and it's adorable. Oh, man. Did I send you the pictures when she saw her sister this weekend? I saw them on your wife's Instagram. It's ridiculous, right? Like, yeah. that's a level of adorable that just shouldn't be allowed. Yeah, they were so cute. Just little doggies. They're snugs. It was good. Yeah, they totally missed each other, and they spent the entire time together, like, always next to each other. It was so cute. Yeah. Aw. So, like, you know where her sister went? Like, Yeah, her sister went to our, our family friend. So um, it's uh, one of the other moms on Carlos's soccer team. So oh. she's going to get to see her sister all the time. That's cute. I'm a fan. You know what? You know what's funny? Like, I wonder how... Ragnar is going to be the third wheel in that, you know, because like, because that's Ragnar's like a still undecided on her because uh, it's like a sitcom situation. If they get along fine and then she tags along to visit the sister, you know, it could it could be like, you know, the sister, the sister in law doesn't like me type thing. That'd be fun having a little sitcom doggy thing going on. <laughs> I already have a sitcom doggy thing going on. So the funny thing is Ragnar sometimes gets really jealous about whatever she's doing. Right. And she just wants to be next to him because she's very social. Yeah. And so she'll hop up right next to him and he'll start growling under his breath. You know, nothing fierce, just a growl. And then she'll nuzzle up on him and he'll be growling the whole time and then he'll bare his teeth. And she just doesn't care. She just ignores him. It's like they're married. (laughs) And she just completely just ignores him, nuzzles up next to him. And then eventually he just gives up and looks at me sullenly. It's 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 classic sitcom tropes well, let's get the show on the road jonathan yeah we got show to do so let's get started with our first segment that is of course our off the shelf segment this is our segment where we talk about all the wonderful things that we've had off of the shelf onto our tables or our reading areas and into our hearts where do you want to get started there robert uh we've been going in order for a while now actually so let's shake it up let's do something different all right i'm gonna start in the middle let's talk about video games i I've been playing through Mortal Kombat, uh, the big expansion that came out. Right. Man, I didn't think that they could continue that story, and they've really done it in a really interesting way. I'm having a good time with the expansion. Also, it came with RoboCop and Rambo. (laughs) And Rambo, by the way, and RoboCop, both, all of their audio recorded by the appropriate person, Peter Weller's. Or Sylvester Stallone. Good so they sound times. like themselves. Good times. I like that. I like that. And Peter Weller sells the crap out of it, too. So does, so does Sly, for that matter. <laughs> well, they're professional actors. Especially that Peter Weller. That man's nuts. He's a great actor. Underrated. You know, he's like a, a super history uh, buff. And like he's, he's actually got a doctorate in history and, and teaches and everything. Huh. Renaissance man. I like it. Dude, I would totally take a class taught by Peter Weller, although I would at the be in the back of the classroom the whole time just waiting for him to assign something and just go, your move, punk. <laughs> Peter Weller, incidentally, one of the few actors to, in Star Trek to portray two different characters. There aren't a ton of those because he was in an episode of Enterprise and he was in the Star Trek Into Darkness. 
Fun, uh, fun, weird Star uh, Star Trek fact that I learned today while we're on the strange Star Trek facts. Mm-hmm. The actress that played Catherine Janeway, Kate Mulgrew, played three different characters on Murder She Wrote over the years. Two of which were do- uh, were killed. <laughs> the more you know. Na 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 na. We can't afford that. Don't sing that. I don't call what I do singing, sir. So. <laughs> it's obviously a parody and thus protected speech because nobody in their right mind would think that like things that come out of my mouth are music i am terrible in that case that. i'll allow it yeah what were we talking about i don't remember oh mortal Kombat. <laughs> yeah, mortal Kombat. <laughs> so yeah the expansion is dope the extra characters are dope i'm having a good time well I got Yakuza Like a Dragon again, and I didn't get to play it much because I was editing our podcast, and that sucked. Because I, I only got very narrow windows to, you know, edit and also play games that the children can't see, and they overlap a lot. So I'm sad. So I'm trying to time getting it from the library again to be on, a, on an off week. So yeah, maybe I'll get it next week, hopefully. Cross the fingers. But uh, it was on cheap sale. Jurassic Park Evolution, the... Uh, or Jurassic World Evolution, the Jurassic Park edition, was on stupid sale on the PS4. So I finally got my hand mitts on that. I, l- I like that game. That game was super fun. So the Jurassic Park expansion, fun stuff. It takes place uh, sometime after The Lost World. And the storyline is Hammond hires uh, uh, Ian Malcolm, uh, Dr. Sl- Sattler, and uh, Sam Neill's character that I can't remember his character name right now. Uh, to run Jurassic Park, like some sort of like weird sitcom, speaking of weird sitcoms. And so, <laughs> so yeah, that's the story. Like you fly back to Jurassic Park and you're trying to get, you know, the ship in order, so to speak. And yeah, everybody came back to do their lines and it's really weird. And Sam Deal's uh, American accent has improved markedly since he did that first movie because I didn't think it was him at first. A- have you seen Sam Neill lately and all the things that he's doing on... Um, I follow him on Twitter. He's He's yeah. just, he's just like... He's adorable just, yeah he lives he's on adorable his, he lives on his ranch and just does stuff and he likes you know he's, he's constantly showing pictures of all the weird animals that he has and like he's named all the chickens and i love him <laughs> he's a gosh darn australian treasure yeah i'm not gonna i'm not gonna uh, you know begrudge you that I'd, I'd say that's fair i mean we got keanu although is keanu a canadian treasure is he from canada uh, I can't remember. Something's telling me he's from Canada. I might be wrong. Yeah, though. I think so. No, I think so. I, I don't know if he was born there. I thought he was born in Hawaii. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. So he's a Hawaiian treasure. That's us. So he's a treasure, and so is Betty White. But yeah, we don't get the Sam no, Neill. No, he, uh, he's uh, born, in, uh, born in Beirut. He's a Lebanese treasure. Wow. Raised in Toronto, but he lived in Hawaii with his family. Renaissance man. Nice. Also, fun fact, the Constantine movie is so much fun, and I love it. Just just throwing that out there. Not going to say it follows the, the comics no, well. No, it's not a very good... But it's a solid movie based on a comic. If, it, if it's about a dude who fights a supernatural who happens to be named Constantine, it is a good movie. Is yeah. it a good adaptation of that comic book? I'm not, I didn't no. say adaptation. No. I didn't say adaptation. No, no, no. I, I will I not. based on. I, I wouldn't even go on based on, but it is still a good movie. It's one of those few movies where it's like you just kind of take out like that adaptation, you know, just just separate them in your mind because they have yeah, nothing to do with thing. each other. It's its own thing, but it really does it well. It does. I will. I will all agree on that. 
I just, every time I think of Keanu, that's the first thing I think about, not John Wick. And I, I love that movie. That movie is it's a solid little, uh, you know, horror thriller. Yeah, I need to I need to watch that again. It's been a while. I started watching The Matrix again because they're going to make The Matrix four. Yeah. You know, Constantine, 16 years old, that movie. Holy crap. Wow. Yeah. Feel right. Old. Yeah. All right. So what else have you been playing? Um, finished out the battle pass for the season on uh, COD. We'll have to see if the next uh, season's any better. This one just didn't do much for me, but that's okay. That's just my one man's opinion, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I picked up a new free-to-play game called Enlisted. It's like a World War II more simmy than it is anything else. I don't know. It's kind of goofy. It's got some weird control choices. I have a fair amount of fun with it, and I haven't paid anything, and I don't feel like I'm going to give it any money, so that kind of makes me feel guilty, so I'm quite torn. Don't feel guilty. That... Uh, <sighs> A free to play. I know. I know. No, a free to play game, game, and it's only its goal engaging. is to be fun enough that you will give them money to play it. And if it can't meet that criteria for you, you do not owe them anything. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not there yet. I haven't made a decision yet. Don't I, give them I, money. I'm if it's not a little bit more, and see if I don't, if don't I'm give having it, fun with it. Yeah, yeah. If you're not going to dump tons of time into it, don't give them money. It doesn't matter. I, I do appreciate a lot of aspects of it, but it's just like they did some weird things with the the way you turn and whatnot. I think they were trying to give your body momentum, hmm. but people overcome momentum. They can compensate for it. So I don't know. It's I haven't decided what to do yet. I'm going to keep playing it and see if it grows on me a little more. So last time I was mistaken, uh, I was off by Ted's because I, I apparently misremembered. But right now, today, Jonathan, I did my 145th day of my Ring Fit adventure. Very nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, if I remember, yeah, I took one day off this week because the weather got nice out here. So the wife took a day off and we went out and went to the beach, which the river water nice. was, uh, pretty cold. Cause you yeah, know, I went kayaking the other day and it was, uh, still a little chilly for it. <laughs> well, yeah, but your, wa- your river water probably wasn't snow like five hours ago, you know? No, the water wasn't what was cold. Uh, what was cold was the um, 30 mile an hour gusts. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah, it was good times. So, but yes, uh, yeah, 145 days of the Ring Fit adventure. Still plugging along on the Game Plus. I know there's a Game Plus Plus. I will, I will give you the full review later. But yeah, you know, it is what it is. I'm still having there fun. You go. And then you and I, Jonathan, we got together. Yes, we did. did. What day was it? It was a Wednesday, right? Whatever. I I think so. It was a fun day is what it was, buddy. Well, it wasn't Sunday, but it was a fun day. You are right. It's just another Manic Monday. (laughs) Yes! Yes! We played Zombie Army 4, The Dead War, uh, together. That is a goofy but fun experience. Yeah, it was all right. I... One of the choices I don't like in that game was you were obviously a better shot than me. And so I would let you scope out while I was dealing with stuff that was coming in close with uh, with the not as fun gun because, you know, sniper guns are fun. But uh, the thing is, like, because I would have to, like, do a little bit more spraying and praying because I couldn't use a a very accurate gun because maybe I just don't have that gun leveled up yet. I was getting way less score than you and it was frustrating. Because I was, I was doing my bit. Like, you know, if things were coming up on you while you're just standing there like a moron with your scope out as a zombie was like 10 feet from you, I would shoot them and save your butt. But it didn't, like, reward me for that. And I, I don't know. I think a game needs to do that. Like, because that's a mechanic I've never seen before where if, if something's coming up on another player 
and they haven't seen it, if you save their butt by taking it out for them, like that should have some sort of multiplier, I think. I was keeping my I was keeping my um, multiplier way up the whole time. Yeah, I know, I know, and that's fine. I, I was I was checking behind us. I was just making sure things weren't sneaking up on us. And yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I play sniper in a lot of games, so it's kind of a natural state for me to. Right, right. No, I, I don't, I'm. I'm saying that's fine. I, I, pew, you, pew. you, you, were, you were much better at it than me. That's why I did what I did because uh, I was having real problems playing that game solo because I was trying to snipe because that's kind of what the game's designed to do because they give you those cool kill cams, especially when you're playing single player because it's based off a of sniper elite. But the problem is like a, I, a lot of times I would just start taking damage and there was like a zombie on my left, like feet from me that I just didn't realize was shambling up on me because I was all like focused on like, I'm going to get a cool kill cam right now. And then, you know, I would take a zombie arm to the face. <laughs> but anyway, would do again. I'm just saying it's a little frustrating getting really low scores compared to you where, you know, part of the reason you get insane multipliers is because I'm allowing that to continue. I wish the game would back with me. We can we can both. No, 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 because stuff was literally coming up on you and I was taking it out while you were not paying attention. Like that that happened a lot. I saved your butt a lot, Jonathan. You don't know. You don't know. We can can always switch and I'll be the butt saver. No, that's fine. You're a better shot than me. I'd I'd rather I'd rather do what I'm good at, which, you know, me looking around and and paying attention is 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 what I'm good at. So I I, I don't I don't mind that. I don't mind playing that. I'm just saying I wish I wish games would reward you for that, because sometimes they get a little too focused on like the big heroic moments. But in the team game, you should be focusing on team stuff and rewarding team stuff, not like, oh, you've killed a bunch of stuff in a row. And it's like, oh, you you didn't because, you know, I had to make sure I wouldn't shoot you when I was trying to get that zombie that was coming up on you. You know what I mean? So I think that's the first time I've ever said butt saver. Mm, Butt saver. Yeah, it's just a thing. Kind of like yeah. a lifesaver, which technically you were a lifesaver. That's right. Yeah, that's why there should be a butt saver multiplier. Like if you kill something within a certain radius of your buddies. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. I think that's a good plan. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Video game companies make it happen. <laughs> we played more Delta Green in the RPG category. Yes, we did. Still plugging through Impossible Landscapes Part 1. Oh, well, I I'm guess I'm really I, enjoying it. I could say the title of the adventure now because you've actually had it happen. Uh, the title of the of the adventure is called The Night Floors, which I guess that's a spoiler alert. Slight spoiler alerts if you're planning on playing this, I guess. But yeah, yeah. I didn't want to say the title of the adventure to you guys because I, I didn't. I, I don't know. I thought it'd be funner for you guys to discover that word yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that adventure's weird. You guys went on a tangent I was not expecting. I didn't see it coming. Like, in hindsight, I should have seen it coming, but I didn't see it coming when I was uh, prepping. So I had to adjust. Keeps you on your toes, buddy. I, I said it last time where we'll, we'll have one or two. I think we may still have one or two. It depends. But I've, I've, got, I've got more of a... I, I know where you're at, so I know, I, know, I know where I need to push you guys, and I've got a plan. I've got a plan now. It's always good to have a plan. It is always good to have a plan. I love it when a plan comes together. I will say this about the first adventure, because I've been, I've been talking on the Reddits with a lot of people who are running it. And uh, the Night Floors as an adventure is weird. It's existed for a very long time because the second Delta Green supplement called Countdown, which came out in like 98 or something, it had the, the Night Floors adventure in it. And so when Dennis wrote it to make it a campaign. He used that because he always really liked that adventure and he figured it was a good start. And like some of the plot points in that, like don't ever really resolve. So he, you know, extended them and whatnot. A problem with that adventure. And it's a problem that's existed since its inception is it doesn't, 
it kind of assumes the characters will end it a certain way. And if they don't, for whatever reason, there is like nothing there to kind of guide you forward at all. And that's the exact trap I fell into. It sort of assumed you guys would do the thing. I assumed you guys would do the thing and then you didn't. And it's not, you know, it's not that you're being bad players or anything like that. It's, it's kind of a failing of the adventure where it doesn't, it doesn't account for that, I guess. Just, and just I, out of curiosity, as long as it doesn't mess anything up moving forward, what was it? It would. It Don't would be, tell me if it. Yeah, yeah, no, it'll, it'll screw I, stuff I up if know. I say. I want to continue. We can talk about it later. Just put. A, yeah, put we'll a talk about it later. Put put a pin in that. Put a pin in that. I'll t- I'll tell you, but I'll tell you later. It, it it's it's a bit of. I'm just curious. I'm I always I'm always fascinated by um, pre written adventures and the 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 gulf that lies between pre written adventures that do allow for natural progression and the ones that have this this kind of trap in it. Yeah, basically, where you guys ended in the last session, where you came out of the thing, which shall remain nameless. There's literally like three paragraphs of of adventure after that, which just says like here, like resolve it now, and it you know, and it totally thinks like the players is like, oh, your players should want to go do this thing, so go let them do the thing, and you're done, and that's pretty much the three paragraphs that are left. But if your players have not decided to do the thing and they're still doing some other stuff, it it yeah, it just kind of borks up and doesn't really give you a way to sort of funnel them into a conclusion of any sort. <laughs> There you go. I mean, I guess the lesson that you learn from this is don't put linchpin moments into an RPG module because there's no guarantee that your players will go that direction. It's okay if you do. I think like I don't think it's a bad adventure. And I think if it had like two more pages, just kind of spelling out like ways to maybe end this if if the players aren't all gung ho on the thing that he just assumed that you would do. It, it would have been fine. Like it, there, there doesn't need to be a lot there because we're at this weird point in it too, where like any resolution that this adventure is going to have, it's going to be very dependent on things you experienced because there's a lot of, I wouldn't call them random encounters, but there's a lot of things that could happen to you in this adventure. And based off of which ones you've either picked or randomed into or whatever, I, I think like any sort of resolution will kind of get built a different way, but giving some guideposts about what to possibly do would have probably been helpful. But yeah, another page yeah. or two would have been fine. But yeah, I don't I don't think it's I don't think it's bad to assume that. I just think you can't just assume that's the only decision that will get made. Anyway, we'll get into it. I'll I'll stick a pin in it. I'm I'm dancing around it. I I, I won't. Give it give us a, give us an episode or two and I'll be able to say directly what what happened. So now I'm curious from your point of view, how are things going? Oh man, I'm having a great time. I, I like the flow of the adventure. I like the fact that we're doing legitimate investigations. Um, the only thing that's bummed me out, and this is certainly not on you or the, the uh, adventure, it's just I chose poorly in terms of the things I was going to um, investigate, and I didn't really get any leads. I was just hoping <laughs> for leads. That, um, uh, no, but there's, uh, you know, there, there, there's nothing wrong with that. And, and I think No, there's t- nothing wrong with that at all. You know, that's just me being bummed out that I made a piss-poor choice, and that's on me. That's on <laughs> nobody else. I, I will say this. It's not that you made piss-poor choices. It's... Um, Maybe it wasn't the right time to ask some of the questions you're asking. I don't know. Uh, yeah, because they're they're not bad questions. They're, they're, they're stuff you could you could have gleaned from there, but not without the internet in 1995 and 24 yeah, hours. Yeah, that, and yeah. that's that's <laughs> that's the problem. It's really hard to apply a 95 outlook to this. The internet's been a thing in our lives for long enough, uh, especially in our pockets, that it's really hard to think otherwise. Yeah, yeah. As we play me. on the internet. <laughs> That's what was really fun about playing Knights Black Agents. Like I would say things because I I really read up on Dracula before we ran it. And so people were like, can I Google blah? And I'm like, sure. And they're like, what does it say? I'm like, I don't know. Pull out your phone and Google it. <laughs> <laughs> and, and they would. And it and I, I was up on Dracula stuff enough that I could 
I, I didn't have to worry about what they found out via the internet because I kind of had accounted for that, I guess, or I, I designed the adventure. So that well, wasn't a problem. When we, when we flash forward to 2015, that'll not be an issue anymore, which will be fine. Although, yeah, I think that's kind of the beauty of, of the Dracula dossier because that universe assumes that Dracula exists. And so any, any media based off of Dracula also exists. So it's not like you would Google it and not get a hit because like if you Googled the King in yellow, like, yeah, so much stuff comes up. So much stuff comes up, including a wiki site, and that wouldn't exist in that universe. There wouldn't be a wiki about the king in yellow. <laughs> it's called the yellow site. It's adorable. Anyway, so tangent. Reading, Let's Jonathan. Move reading. On to Tell books. me about your reading. Uh, I've been reading like crazy. I'm really into this new Galaxy's Edge series. I'm having a really good time with it. So I read two more books in the series, Requiem for Medusa and Kill Team. And I'll say, if you're going to get into the series, which I do recommend because I'm having a great time, go to the website for the book series and you can find two different timelines. One is reading things chronologically. Stay away from that. The other is reading things for maximum suspense. And I love, love the way they've stacked things because there's 2000 years of history, but it all feeds into itself. And I keep finding out, you know, like the plot from one book, I'll read through it and I'll be like, oh, that was super fun. That was cool. And then I'll go to the next book and I'm like, oh my God, now I understand all of this other stuff from this plot. Oh, it makes the last book just so much more impactful. It's like when you go and watch Rogue One after watching, um, you know, Star Wars, all of a sudden it's like giving Star Wars all this extra gravitas. It's awesome. I'm having a good time. I lied. I've actually been reading stuff. I just what remembered. Off and on, I've been reading because, you know, King and Yellow, blah. I, I'm obsessed. Uh, I've been reading uh, Robin Laws's anthology, New Tales of the Yellow Sign, which is pretty creepy. <laughs> uh, so I think I, I think I read Gaps and the oh, no, I didn't read Gaps. I read The Blood on the Wall in the Fortress. And that one was just weird. It was just a strange little story about army people murdering civilians and then odd stuff Awkward. happening to them. It was it was interesting. Awkward. Yeah. Yeah, they were murdering civilians. Sorry, enemy combatants. Uh, to give you to give you a deep uh, a deep cut, deep. I don't know uh, the army they're in. Uh, do Do you remember that that book that doesn't exist? That or the sorry, the newspaper headline that doesn't exist that you guys found. Oh, it was the book too. The uh, yes, the uh, about the yeah Prussian. The, I don't have yeah, my notebook. Yeah, the the, me, the yeah. black. Yeah, yeah, the Black Wind. The the that yeah, I, it's pretty clear that that story is about that army. I think, I think, it's a little vague, but it's fun because <laughs> that's all stuff, man. That's all stuff. And the siege of Yiddle. It's good times. Good, good times. Anyway, it's a creepy book. It's a very creepy book. Uh, the first two stories in particular are actually really good. Like I, I would recommend if you're into that Yellow King stuff, which I am. So there you yeah, go. Yeah, I really want to read that. Actually, oddly enough, next on my uh, reading list, um, the next book is uh, rereading Dracula. So that uh, I'm. It's funny that you mentioned uh, Night's Black Agents earlier. You know, you know, if you want to have a, a different experience with it, I actually would highly recommend the Dracula Unredacted that they made for the the the, the Dracula dossier. Because um, so when Bram Stoker. Uh, outline Dracula. He he made a he made a pretty pretty detailed outline, which some guy in Microsoft owns now. I forget who the dude's name is. I think it's the current CEO of Microsoft. He actually owns it. <clears throat> I saw it actually at the Museum of Pop Culture when I went up there because they the, he it was on loan. Uh, it was pretty cool. But um, there's a very extensive plot line that he cut out of Dracula that he I 
it doesn't even look like he ever wrote it, but about like uh, Lucy and Mina's other friend, Kate Reed, and this artist and all of this other stuff. And I read a very academic book where a guy tried to add all that back in based off of the outline, but the Dracula Redacted does a good job because it um, it's not so focused on like trying to sl- be a slave to this outline that Stoker wrote and trying to fit everything in that outline back into it. You know, they, they, it's more spun around a a bit more of a spy thriller, to be honest with you. And so like that storyline, when he, when they added it back in is a little bit more spy. I don't know a good word for it, but it's, it's interesting. It's like watching a director's cut of a movie in a weird way. Cause there's this like plot line that got completely dropped and it's actually kind of interesting and written all right. And then it's interwoven with the things that were actually happening in the, in the story, which fundamentally doesn't change. It just kind of like adds to it. I don't know, man. I'm just saying, if you want to read that book again, I would recommend reading that version of it just to, just to kind of switch it up. Cause it's kind of yeah, fun. I might have to do that. I have it. I have it right here. And don't pay any attention to the annotations. They will just confuse you. Like the first time I read it, I was reading them too. And it, it just made my brain hurt. So I just started ignoring them and just, read I mean, I've read fun. Dracula enough times the, that I don't think they'd confuse me. I would be more curious about, well, no, but the annotations that, that are about the game and yeah, just yeah, ignore that I crap. Just, just read I the want, story. <laughs> man, I wish you need to run that for me one day. I would love to go through that module. The Dracula dossier. Yes. I'd run it again. Hell, I mean, all the people who played with me could do it again. Cause it, can really change based off of stuff like really change because uh, the, the easiest way to make sure it plays differently is just to start it in a different country i've already thought about this i've already thought about running it again i'd start it in italy or was it turkey i forget one of the two somewhere down there or both i don't recall but anyway yes i i, I the first time i ran it it started in uh, london and i would just shift the location and that would give you different clues to spider web off of that's actually kind of on my list. I do actually want to run that again and have it play out differently. I mean, I'm down. We'll see. We'll see. I'm getting weird requests for my next campaign, which is a little frustrating because I'm not, we're not even a quarter of the way through. <laughs> well, maybe we're a quarter of the way through this first one, but <clears throat> my buddy uh, started playing the old SSI game, uh, Dark Sun Shattered something or other. It's this old thing he got on uh, Good Old Games. And he's like, Dark Sun's actually kind of interesting. You like that, right? And I'm like, yeah. And he's and my buddy's like, we should play that in fifth edition. And I'm like, oh god, oh, oh, <laughs> don't don't tempt me, Frodo Baggins. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so we'll see. We'll see what I feel like doing. Yeah, you know, I gotta say, I am kind of getting. Every time I, I, I mean, I really enjoy D and I really like playing it. But playing a game in the modern day is really interesting. Like when they when they give a location, I like that I can go look it up or look up places around where it's supposedly supposed to be. Uh, Impossible Landscapes gives addresses to places, right? And so I've I've looked all of them up on Google Maps. You know, I'm like, what's really there? And it, it's led to interesting stuff. Like I found out that the the brownstone house that you guys are hanging out at in this first adventure, it's across the street from a school. And they don't bring that up in the adventure at all, but that's I've incorporated it into it because it's kind of interesting instead of just being across the street for more houses, like a school's kind of more interesting. So, and uh, there's an address in the next one that they give, and what's currently there is like a strip mall. <laughs> <laughs> and but it's kind of interesting seeing kind of like the area, you know, because then I can describe it because, you know, it's like, oh, you know, like especially because we're going to be playing it in 2015, which is closer to now, like the stuff that's there now is probably much closer to what would be there in 2015. So it's like, yeah, if you want to go, you can go to that Seven Eleven down on the corner. Like I could tell you what it looks like. I could show you a picture from Google maps. It's, I don't know. I've always liked that. I've always liked like 
Because then you find like interesting places. Like when we're playing the Dracula dossier, we there was an entire episode that took place in a train station in France. It, you know, I, and obviously I based it on a, on a real metro hub in France, you know, with the bullet trains and all that. Like it was, but I, I would never have looked that place up if I hadn't. And making the decision to set a adventure in a place that actually exists and trying to use its real floor plan and trying to adjust everything for reality is, is actually kind of interesting. I, I enjoy that a lot. So maybe I should run the Dracula dossier again. That game's fun. You know what, Jonathan? You know what, Jonathan? What's that? Since we're, we're going to try to shake this up, we usually do board games first or last. So now let's sandwich it, buddy. Let's do board games now and end on I'm TV. Down. I'm down. Okay. Um, so I played a bunch more Undaunted. Cause cool. talking about it on the review just got me that much more excited. And so I went back and I played the living daylights out of it and I've been having a grand time with it. I really, really enjoy that game. It's so deep yet. So easy to access. Like I'm just really impressed by it. I know you're playing games on the TTS with Ray the other day. Did you play that or were you guys playing that other game you had? Uh, well, he and I have played undaunted actually a couple times. Uh, but l- the other day we were specifically playing, um, Title Blades, which I also have on my list here. But Title Blades is a... How should I put this? You were foaming at the bit about that. I kept getting these text messages like, Robert, Robert, come play with us. I really... (laughs) Oh, my God. And I'm like, dude. I don't want to say too much because we're going to review it in the next episode. But I am very pro Title Blades right now. I'm like, dude, man, my wife took the day off so we could have a family day. I can't just go play stuff with you boys. I got family obligations. I mean, you could have if you wanted to. No, I, I would have lost too much wife faction. That's that was not worth the effort. The, the the gain and loss there would not be worth my time. No, no. Also, I was having a fine time with our family. We actually had a really good family day yesterday. So, huh? Sorry, I'm hanging out with the little people that I amuse me. That's not a bad thing to do. No, considering I spent most of the weekend with my family, I totally get it. Like I went kayaking with Carlos one day. And um, the very next day, we had to go all the way down to San Marcos for one of Carlos's soccer games, which uh, that was a really far. <laughs> San Marcos. People forget that about Texas. Like you're like you look at the map. It's like, how far could it be? San Marcos is the next town down from uh, Austin. It's like yeah, no, it's, it's like an hour away. And then and there's like nothing there sucked. And we had yeah. another newsworthy incident in austin which mucked up traffic even more and it was just a mess it was just a mess it was not a fun drive no no but uh, um yeah that's neither here nor there yes always spend time with your family absolutely but uh, you could have <laughs> but could i have hashtag just saying oh that's oh and then we're playing we played you and i have played the game that we're gonna do today so no more talking about it but We've been talking about it a lot. Welcome to. We're going to deep dive it because we are just that in love with it. And and the two of us have a ton of experience with it. So it's, it's oddly. Yes. Usually, usually it's just like, us. I mean, even back in the day, usually it was like I played it maybe once or twice and you played it a ton. So, you know, but I, I think we're pretty equal in this regard. Oh, I yeah. Because no, well, we played it almost exclusively together. Well, I played it with my family a couple times now, too. So, well, I yeah. have too. But what I'm saying is, like, yeah. you know, you and I have a lot of experience together. Yes, yes, we do. Yes, we do. More, more than the average game, that's for sure. But we played on Tabletop Simulator the other day, another night. That was fun. Yeah, it was a little it was. weird. It was a little weird. Get get because the guy who scripted it scripted it a little interestingly. But whatever. Once we figured it out, it was it was pretty good. It's pretty good. Anyway, okay. No more thoughts on that because we're going to do it. So, last but not least, movies and TV. Are we ready for that? We doing it? 
Always. Um, I haven't watched a whole lot. I haven't had an opportunity to sit down, and we already talked about Kong versus Godzilla. So, really, um, gosh, what do I have to say here? Uh, I rewatched Overlord. Nice. Because you and I were talking so much about um, shooting Nazi zombies that I decided to watch a Nazi zombie movie. Specifically, a movie about shooting Nazi zombies. Yeah. I still have yet to see uh, that movie. Really? Yeah. Oh, dude, come on. Really? Yeah. I, my, my windows to watch things that are not appropriate for the kids are so narrow and I usually do other things like, uh, for instance, me and the wife are now, uh, three quarters of the way through Zack Snyder's justice league. So I'm almost there. (laughs) I'm getting there. We're going to, uh, hopefully if we can get stuff, we're going to finish it tonight. Hopefully we're like, I'm going to try, I'm going to try to finish it tonight. That's my goal. We will see if it happens, but yeah. I got so much stuff I want to do, Jonathan. I got I, I I all this Yellow King nonsense has made me want to watch True Detective again. And there's a ton of shows I still need to watch, like Lovecraft Country. And there's some movie that all the uh, the Delta Greenheads are are raving about on Netflix. I forget its name, but I, I that's on the list. And what yeah. is it? Because then I'll put it on my list too. Oh God. Okay, I'm gonna have to go look it up. By the way, to my players, don't go on the Delta Green Reddit. I it is spoiler town there. It is no. Spoiler I've been very intentionally town. staying the hell away. Yeah, yeah, it's it's. I am chatting on it, and I'm not holding back. So, I'll look it up. I'll get back to you. I'll look it up during the break. I'm gonna have to parse through a bunch of Reddit threads to find it because there, there's one in particular, but it's not. If the the I remember the title of it, but it's not like what. Go watch this movie, knuckleheads. It's something else. I'll have to go find it. Get All back right. to me. On I'm it. waiting. I'm waiting. Okay, I got I got it open during the break. I'll go look it up. Anyway, sorry, we were talking about uh, Overlord. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got on Overlord. tangent. You got to get in on that, man. Like, I'm just surprised. Make it happen. Put it on your list. Make it happen. Not, just like not, you, it, make, you, you make me watch movies all the time. Yeah, yeah. I know, I know, I know. I, I'm, I'm trying to work through stuff. It's just, it's it's hard. It's hard. Especially because, you know, I also want to play the video games. I can't play around the children at night, too. And it's, 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 it's. Uh, I get it. I'm with you. I get it. I do get it. All right. What else have you watched? Well, uh, after watching Overlord, I was like, well. Let me get a palate cleanser of reality. And so I decided to rewatch Saving Private Ryan. That's kind of funny after all the jokes we made about the adult title off of it <laughs> last week. Well, let me tell you, man, I, I had forgotten what a frigging fantastic, amazing, and jaw-droppingly impactful movie that was. Yeah, yeah. No, it was really good. I saw that. It was on HBO. I, I didn't see it in the theaters. I saw it on HBO. Yeah, well, let me tell you, like... It's probably been a while since last time I watched it, and um, yeah, man, that that one just gets you. It just gets me every time. I, I wow, like the just you want know, to talk about it was a different time. Good lord, it was a different time. <laughs> yes, yeah, full fantastic. of hard smoking like, men with undiagnosed PTSD. <laughs> no, but I mean, just like the everything about the movie was just so well done, and you just realize what a master at his craft Spielberg is. Like we forget that sometimes because he puts out so much, uh, so so many popcorn movies, you know? Yeah, yeah. But, well, like, the it, guy also is a legit master at his. Also, craft. Saving Private Ryan came out in this real sweet spot of cinema where we had computer stuff, but it wasn't so advanced that you really did have to like plan ahead. No, so they made it physical like the, the physicality of that movie is what works right 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 but like you know they would do set extensions and whatnot but they had to like it wasn't just one of those things like like the new hobbit movies where they're like oh we can just fix it later and they don't think about it like you if you're using fx and if you're using computers you still had to like 
figure it out ahead of time. You couldn't just like wing it like you can these days. And yeah. I've seen way too many movies just friggin' wing it and, and they end up like garbage because they just do whatever. Well, it, it's funny that you mentioned that because um, next on my list is something I have not watched yet, but it's sitting right here in front of me because I it's it's going to be watched before the next episode. Mm-hmm. In the throes of World War II, Captain Maud Garrett, Chloe Grace Moretz, joins the all-male crew of a B-17 bomber with a top-secret package. Caught off guard by the presence of a woman on a military flight, the crew tests Maud's every move. Just as her quick wit is winning them over, strange happenings and holes in her backstory incite paranoia surrounding her true mission. But this crew has more to fear. Lurking in the shadows, something sinister is tearing at the heart of the plane. A shadow in the clouds. It's another monster movie set in World War II. Go watch the trailer. I don't think it's going to be a good movie, but I think it's going to be a fun movie. <laughs> I have no idea about that. Okay, I'll watch a preview later. I'm going to go through that yes. Delta Green thread before. Yes. Anyway. And then other than that, um, I watched uh, the, the new Eric Andre comedy piece on um, Netflix. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to explain it. I know I laughed. I know I was horrified. I don't know how to explain it. Okay. This is Bad Trip? Yes. All right. It has a plot, but every scene is shot almost like a scene from from Jackass where, you know, they shoot it out in public and so nobody else is in on the joke. Hmm. But then they stitch it together into a a, a plot with, you know, scenes and a storyline and everything. Okay. And Eric Andre has no shame. (laughs) None. And apparently no limits either because, my God... I don't know what else to say it. It, it, it. I mean, like, it's patently offensive. Make no mistake going into this. It earns its R and then some. Just brace yourself. That's all I'll say. Just brace yourself. Will do. And then finally, I, I started watching a, show, a TV show. It's not B Cinema. It's like, it's called Z Nation, and it might as well be Z Cinema. Like, it is so bad. <laughs> I can't stop. Is that the one on the Sci-Fi channel? I don't know where it was originally. It's on one of the streaming things. I started watching it as I was working, and it's so bad. I mean, like, it's so bad. Oh, my God. It's so much fun. It's a car accident. Every episode is a car accident. It's a comedy, right? I think I've heard of this. It's not a comedy, but it's funny. Uh, hold up. Actually, 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 hold up. Hold up. Hold up. I want to, I'm going to double check. This is the show I'm thinking of. Okay. It was run on sci-fi. Good times. Good times. So, you know, who makes that show? What company is responsible for that cinematic gem? Oh, tell me, tell me, tell me. Is it Troma? The Asylum. Oh, well, there you go. There you How go. it got four seasons, I will never know. <laughs> I think you're figuring it out, man. Bad bad movies are fun if they're bad in a fun way. But it doesn't realize it's bad. That's no. the thing. It thinks it like it is one hundred percent sure that it is the best thing on TV. Yeah, yeah. No, that's apparently that's how the people at the asylum function. Like, you know, if you come in talking about how you're gonna make this awesome bad movie or whatever, they they're they're like 
get out of here. We make serious film here. And, and yeah, every single episode is like watching a brand new car accident unfold. It is. Amazing. <laughs> Weren't they the guys that made like instead of Pacific Rim, they called it like Atlantic Shelf or something? Yeah, I think it was Atlantic Rim, actually. But yes, God, even worse. <laughs> Transmorphers. <laughs> Yeah, the tra- oh, the Transformers. I remember, I remember when Transformers first came out. Like a buddy of ours called. He's like, "Oh man, I think I got that new movie, but I got it on like D- uh, like DVD. Like we we can watch it tonight." And I'm like, "But dude, it just hit theaters. What are you talking about?" Yeah, Transformers. I'm like, "Oh, you you poor <laughs> <laughs> you fell for it. You fell for it. You poor thing. Bring it over. We're watching this." <laughs> Yeah, I liked it when uh, one of the Jurassic Park movies came out. Uh, the same year that one of the Sherlock Holmes movies came out, they made Sherlock Holmes and like some dinosaur heist thing. <laughs> it was weird. Oh my god! Yeah, oh. it's it's a car accident. Make no mistake, but uh, it is what it is. All right. Well, I've been watching a lot of cartoons. My uh, my daughter's into anime, and I like the Dragon Quest. So we have found common ground on Hulu with the anime Dragon Quest: The Legend of Dai, which we have been watching, which it's everything I would expect from an over the top anime and a dragon quest. It's pretty, it's pretty amusing. A lot of references to the games. I've been enjoying it. And then, uh, we've been watching a lot of Animaniacs, both the reboot and the classic because we bought a printer. So we got a free month to Hulu for some reason. I was going to subscribe to Hulu anyway. Cause I, I wanted to watch the dragon quest cartoon, but yeah, we're, we're, we're just watching all this weirdness on Hulu. So I don't even know what's good on Hulu, but I've been watching a lot of stuff that my kids can watch on Hulu. Animaniacs. It's cute. My boys are now singing the Animaniacs theme and it makes me happy. That is a good thing. That's just bringing joy to the world. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Supposedly it's true though, man. Supposedly they, they think that they're making good cinema. If you, uh, if you talk about making bad movies with them, they kick you out. They're like, we're, we're artists. Dear God. Yeah. From the makers of Mega Shark versus Giant Octopus. <laughs> it, it all makes so much sense now. All right, Jonathan. So one last thing. They're making I've, like seven or eight movies a f-ing year. Yeah, of course they are. God bless them. They figured this out. They got a right, John- place in the world. Yeah. Okay. Close this out, Jonathan. We're done. We're done. Well, that brings us to the end of our off the shelf segment. And that means it's time for a quick break. And when we return from our break, Robert, it will be time for some news. For yeah. The first time in a f- long time. First time and- in two and a half months. Yeah, which is not saying that we're going back in time that far, but no, we do have no. some news to report, and we'll be back in just a moment. We love getting feedback, so please let us know how we're doing by one of the following. You can become our patron over at Patreon. Search for Forgot My Dice. We also have a Discord page where we organize games and chat about all sorts of stuff. Find a link on our website, ForgotMyDice.com. You can also message us or tweet at us on the Twitters. Find us at Forgot My Dice. And of course, you can email us at fmdpodcast2016 at gmail.com. Or you can head on over to our website, ForgotMyDice.com, where all of our episodes are available, plus game reviews and other content. If you like the show, the best way for more people to find out about us is to give us a review on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or Stitcher. Last of you, for those of you listening in the village, call the operator, give your number, and ask for us to be put on the rotation. Robert, this, this needs to stop. I'll, I'll make you a deal. I will not make any deals with you. I will not be pushed, filed, stamped, indexed, briefed, debriefed, or numbered. My life is my own. Oh, God, I'm going to cut his cord. 
And welcome back from the break. It is now time for our Wisdom of Crowd segment. This is, of course, our bi-weekly tabletop news segment. And news we do have. You stole one from me. Mm. Damn you. Well, we'll both talk about it, I'm sure. Before we get started, Jonathan, uh, as I said the last segment, I would go through Reddit and I would find the TV series that a lot of people are recommending. It was not on Netflix. I apologize. It's on HBO Max. Um, and it is titled The Outsider. It is a 2020 uh, series, which they did not pick up after the first season. It's based off of a Stephen King book. So the first season is self-contained. You know, it just ends. <laughs> and uh, But they're not going to make like a second season of it to continue the characters. But th- and, then again, And it's on HBO, you said? Yes, it is. All right. I'm going to have to check it out. And the thing that the Delta Green people say and agree on is it is basically – in another universe, it would be the story of a law enforcement officer that starts investigating something that will eventually get them recruited into Delta Green. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah. So The Outsider, based on the book by Stephen King. Now I kind of want to read that book. Maybe I'll watch the series first. We'll see. Stephen King's really hit and miss sometimes. Yeah, that's true. All right, well, let's get started with the news. First up, Villainous. It uh, hit a couple years ago, been a big deal. And, of course, they, they started doing Marvel uh, with the Villainous stuff. And now there is a new, they call it, it's interesting. They call it a, they call it an expand alone. <laughs> it can either be played with the Marvel infinite power base game, or it can be played on its own. And it's called mischief and malice. And this is of course, part of the, the, the villainous line. And this, you get to be, um, Loki, Madame mask and Modoc. <laughs> going to be three different games in it um and man, i really like the cover the cover's really kind of neat actually so there you go there you go uh ravensburger um made the announcement on april fool's day um so nobody took it seriously at first. <laughs> everybody thought it was a joke <laughs> jokes on you fools i hate april fool's day yeah it's it's gotten to be ridiculous i've just i basically don't even check the news that day yeah yeah i'm I get, yeah all right. Um, now, next up, some news that both you and I can get excited about. There will be a sequel to the Spiel de Yar winner, Camel Up, called Camel Up Offseason. Had we done the this three weeks ago, four weeks ago, I would have covered this one. That's when I first saw it. I was excited. Oh, well, I, I put it in here specifically because you and I both love this. It existed in the script, and then I removed it because of, uh, yeah, we didn't end up recording that episode. <laughs> ha! Ha! So, so in this, um, we uh, each player is a merchant, and you are seeking your fortune. Um, it has have a push-your-luck element uh, where you're um, buying up all your goods and services and stacking them onto um, basically the camels in your caravan. Yeah, the storyline is it's the off season, so instead of racing, you're merchanting-ing. I love it. Yeah. So they're expecting it to hit stores in May of 2020, or no, excuse me, pre-orders are beginning in May of 2021. They are expecting a release sometime over the summer, and there's even a trailer video that you can go watch if you really want to get into it. And it's card-based. It's not a board game, and it's super cute. You get some, like, prop tents and stuff to keep around to get the spirit going. I like. I like that. I like that. New game is designed by Anna Oppelzer. Oppelzer. O p p o l z e r. Oppelzer. Okay. And Stefan, I think it's Klob, but the B is that weird 
B. <laughs> okay. No, it's, you know, it's like the Nordic B. I know the Nordic B. Yeah. 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 So I think it's a B. I don't know. I really, I'm, I killed those names. I'm so sorry, Anna and Stefan, because those are the only ones that I can do with any kind of regularity. It's nice of you to apologize. Art, oh, artwork by Chris Williams. I like him. Yeah, there you go. Uh, he did the, the Andor fantasy game, um, the family one, which was cool. He also did the artwork for Reef. I'm really curious if this game will hold my attention like the first one did, because I really like... I like the randomness of it. And I also like sort of, I, I like the wagering and this doesn't seem to have that, but maybe it'll do something different. That'll be interesting. So I don't know. I'm, I'm, I got, I got my eye on that one. I got my eye on that one. All right, Jonathan, the story I stole from you. I am sure this is my bet. Dune adventures in the Imperium has landed on PDF from, Oh yeah. And the physical books are due in May. You can still pre-order Jonathan, your collector's edition. If you want. So, uh, yeah, yeah. It, um, it's based on the 2D20 system that powers Star Trek and several other games that it's Modifius, I think, does. Man, I wish we could go back to our Star Trek game. I do, too, but that ship has now sailed. We are playing Impossible Landscapes, and I'm loving it. Oh, yeah. I just, I really liked my character, and I was having a lot of fun playing as that character. Yeah. I saw the best idea on the internet. Somebody said that they were taking the, uh, uh, the ultimate Pendragon campaign for the Pendragon RPG and just scratching off all the Arthurian and putting in Dune stuff. And I'm like, yeah, that would work. <laughs> that would work. That would work. That'd be fun. And yeah, I was talking about with my buddy. Um, if I was going to run this game, I, I don't think I would have the Atreides family in it at all. I think I'd just wipe the slate clean <laughs> and just be in the same universe and maybe have you guys be the new caretakers of Arrakis after the, who's a fudges got kicked out. But yeah, I, I don't I would not want to deal with that. I would let you guys do your own story in that because, uh, yeah, yeah, it, 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 it's kind of the problem because if you if you're running a story interweaving with that, y- your characters aren't the protagonists. You know, you're kind of like uh, uh, that one movie or that one play uh, Guildenstein and whatever are dead, you know? Uh, yeah. You know, and that I, that doesn't seem fun to me. But running like an Arthurian based campaign or maybe you guys would just be the the new Atreides family, Atreides 2.0. I don't know, but whatever. But yeah, running Arthurian and having a generational game be on top of that because it uh, the ultimate Pendragon campaign definitely takes place over three generations because it starts with Uther and the first generation is Uther. The second generation is kind of in that interim and early Camelot. And then the third generation is the generation that goes and looks for the grail. So, yeah, that'd be interesting. I'm excited. I really like that system. So I know we've talked about Star Realms uh, and Hero Realms on the podcast before. Indeed, we have. Those are both games by, um, well, they are games by the formerly known as White Wizard Games. They have now changed their name. Yes, because it was a Gandalf riff. It was a Gandalf riff. Yeah. Um, the, the COO of the company, Debbie Moynihan, was quoted as saying it was a throwback to Gandalf, the iconic fantasy character. Based on feedback from the community and our future plans to broaden our product line, we decided it was time for a change, end quote. They are now known as Wise Wizard Games, and they've changed their logo and everything appropriately, and I think that is a... I think it's fabulous, man. Like, I mean, like what a great I way to be. I remember when that came out, like I got it, but I'm like, there are people that would mistake this for KKK stuff. Yeah. White costumes, grand wizards, probably. I'm like, yeah, but they were kind of small, but now that they're seeking to expand, I'm like, yeah, I get it. <laughs> I get it. Don't want to, just don't want to go there. It's fine. 
it's fair. Well, I mean, like, you know, they, they're they're taking ownership of it and making it better, and I appreciate that. I, that really I, means a lot to I me. I completely agree, because it's just a name. Who cares? You know? It's yeah. still the same team. So, Wise Wizard Games, you, uh, you have earned my business. Thank you. There you go. All right, Jonathan. Well, another one for you, I think. Twilight Imperium, Embers of the Imperium RPG, has been announced by Fantasy Flight. I saw this. Yes. So the release date is a nebulous summer 2021, uh, but you basically play space cops belonging to an organization called the Kelleries, tasked with investigating and pursuing threats of galactic significance. And in this remit, they shall have the authority as they're due as representatives of the Galactic Council. Whatever that means. I don't know my Twilight Imperium fluff, but there you go. So the Legendary system is getting another Marvel expansion. Marvel Legendary is getting the Annihilation expansion. And this features Annihilus and the Fantastic Ford. Annihilus, of course, Lord of the Negative Zone. And he is just uh, that friendly face that just uh, declares war on anybody who crosses his path over time. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So there you go. You can expect to see a bunch of people. Galactus is in there, his heralds. And um, they need to team up with the Fantastic Four uh, to fight the incoming wave of Annihilation. So you get two evil masterminds, five heroes. Um, it's a hundred card set of expansion. It's got all original artwork and that will be expected sometime this month is the uh, expected release. Oh, wow. So Marvel Legendary getting a, getting a nice expansion there. And then finally, in the realm of card games, this one's kind of a bummer. The new expansion for Legend of the Five Rings under Fu Lang's Shadow is the final expansion for the LCG. It's been going on through since 17. It's had five cycles of dynasty packs, seven clan packs, and three premium expansions. There are other games in the setting that are currently in develop, uh, development. FFG was very careful to say that, but uh, this is the end of the LCG. Man, L5R has the best stories, man. Old L5R. It's good times. Because you know what they did, right? They, they would let plot points hinge on who won, which clan won tournaments. And then they would just incorporate it into the stories. So if you were playing the bad guys, like the Oni, uh, yeah, they could win and do bets. <laughs> <laughs> or the Spider-Clan. I think the Spider-Clan was the bad guy clan for a while. But yeah, it was fun. It's good stuff. All right. So last up, Jonathan. Oh, my God. Oh, my gosh. Is this is normalcy starting to come back? Wizards of the Coast has announced that you can start doing in-store play for Magic the Gathering in Japan as of April 14th. Which, oddly enough, you can probably get to pretty cheap right now. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, yeah, the rest of the world, you're going to have to wait till May 12th when they, you know, look at things again. But, yes, after a long year or more of no in-store play, they, they have opened it back up again, at least in one country. That's, uh, that's pretty cool. It's a good sign. It makes me happy. And that's it. I just wanted to share that because, yeah. That brings us to the end of the segment, which means, of course, it is time for another break. And when we return. Do you have a tabletop, board game, miniature game, or RPG that you're going to release for retail? Or do you have an upcoming tabletop Kickstarter that you're about to launch? We would love to interview you for a future episode of the Forgot My Dice podcast. Send us an email to fmdpodcast2016 at gmail.com to schedule an interview. And we're 
we're back. And for funsies, I guess, Gina's joining me. Say hi, Gina. Hi, Gina. And yeah, so what'd you guys miss? Well, obviously no time to bond. Didn't make it. A couple of Jonathan News stories. We'll see if he remembers them. We'll see if he listens to this. <laughs> and uh, obviously our deep dive uh, got we that. Yeah. So what we're going to do, tell me if this sounds good, Gina. What we're going to do. Okay. Is we're going to move on to Melissa McCarthy's spy for the next episode. Ooh. And then we'll go back and do Skyfall in 108. So maybe we'll have something new to say about it because doing it back to back just seems uh, – I was looking forward to watching Spy. I'm not going to lie. Well, we, I mean we have it from the library for only so long. You know, there's – if memory serves, there's 11 copies in the Washington County Cooperative Library Services system and none of them are out. <laughs> so I'm not I'm not too worried about that, to be honest with you. But I just didn't want to repeat myself. I just well, didn't want to talk about yeah, it twice. You know, it's good to have a little bit of variety. Spice of life. Yeah. And it's Melissa McCarthy, you know, who I first got to know from Gilmore Girls. We, we, got, we to got to know. Yes. And the namesake of the A Year in the Life segment which also got cut. We'll just do that one uh, next time. We'll just do a double because we did four last time because <laughs> we missed so many episodes. Woo! 2021. It's crazy Yom Kippur. <laughs> wow. That's, that, that is a deep cut. <laughs> all right. All right. So the deep dive was welcome to. Uh, I don't know when or if we're going to get back to this one, unfortunately, because we've got, we've got plans. I really like that game, though. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying. I just don't know when we're going to get back to it because we got plans, unfortunately. So, mini review. It's a roll and write game with cards. I've never played a roll and write game. Uh, you've never played a roll and write game. I didn't even know that roll and write was a thing. Well, you see, a roll and write is you roll dice and then you write stuff down. But this is like a card and write because you flip, you flip the cards and then you write stuff down. Oh. Okay. I've never played a roll and write. I, I keep meaning to ask Jonathan what a good one is, but we're playing Welcome To right now, so I, I don't want to have another one at the moment. I'm still I'm still enthralled. Well, I hope that you'll actually get back to it. Right, right, right. So I, I don't know when we're going to get back to it. I like Welcome To. Jonathan likes Welcome To. We I like it too. There we go. We all we all go buy it, and and there's yeah, it's it it's worth it. It's it's a pretty easy game to learn. Here's here's the tragedy. Jonathan and I went off on this wild tangent. This amazing tangent at the end. <laughs> and no joke. No joke, people. We read poetry to each other. Like, that is not a, it wasn't love poetry. Of course not. <laughs> but, but, but it was, it was, it was, it was a weird, it was a weird closing segment. And I'm so mad we, we, we had to get rid of it. I'm like pissed about that. Like legitly pissed. So I, I'm, I'm going to give you my side here and now this is how it all started so i was i was talking again about yellow king stuff because yeah I'm about yellow king. you're a little obsessed i've been reading stuff i've been reading stuff i'm running impossible landscapes i figure i should know the genre mm-hmm. and then i get to speak authoritatively on reddit <laughs> and that's the most important part that is the most important part thank you thank you all right so I'm going to read to you the thing that started this all, The Green Room by Robert W. Chambers from the book The King in Yellow. And I explained that The King in Yellow is a very strange book because, I mean, you've read it, most of it at this point. Ah, uh, just little bits of it. No, no, you've read the... I've read, like... 
You read the romance story, though. I've read like three stories. You read, but you read the romance story. Well, yeah. Okay, so there is randomly. This is this does not have anything to do with the poetry, but there is randomly like a romance story in it. It is amazing. Like it's out of like left field. Like there, there's there's this horror and this guy who looks like a maggot, and there's all these stories, weird necklaces with the yellow sign. It's good stuff. And then randomly, there's this uh, Le Dems Adele. The D, something like that. Oh no, no. Uh, yeah, it's uh, right here. I mean, I got it right in front. Uh, the Damsadel. Uh, no, uh, the Demoiselle Dies. Dies, the Demoiselle Dies. And apparently, it follows Robert W. Chambers' thing of uh, of American who likes the outdoors, studying art in Paris, runs into a Parisian girl. In this case, it's a time lost Parisian girl. It's like it's like a very very old. Maybe it was new in eighteen ninety. It's, it's a little outlanderish, actually. Yeah, I was thinking that. I didn't want to say it out loud. I'll say it, you know, because that's kind of my thing. Like whenever I'm on this podcast, I mention Outlander. And we're keeping it real. I like (laughs) it. Anyway, so I just want to review The Green Room. Oh, because uh, there's a creepy clown. We talked about the creepy. I hope that made it in. I don't remember if it did or didn't. Uh, We talked about this creepy clown that kept coming up in the game. So I was like, I'm trying to figure out where this creepy clown comes from. And then there's a poem because The King in Yellow, it's a horror anthology. Why why wouldn't there be poetry? Um, But there's a poem that talks about a clown. And I'm I'm thinking this is where the clown came from in Impossible Landscapes. And the the poem's good. So I wanted to read it. And I'm going to read it to you now because you're my captive audience, I guess. (laughs) The clown churned his powdered face to the mirror. If to be fair is to be beautiful, he said, who can compare with me in my white mask? Who can compare with him in his white mask? I asked of death beside me. Who can compare with me? Said death, for I am paler still. You are very beautiful, sighed the clown, turning his powdered face from the mirror. I don't know, creepy clown in a mask, chatting with death. I I just thought it was creepy. And there's a creepy clown in Impossible Landscapes. But like, I, I read this poem to Gina because... That's the kind of people we are. I read Yellow King to her, I guess. Yeah. And, and and you had some interesting points, which I brought up in the segment that we cut. But now Gina can just say it out loud, which is fine. Well, I was talking about how in many cultures besides, you know, the American one, or maybe it actually was for a while, paler skin is seen as a mark of beauty. So it's it's kind of an interesting thought that at what point does pale that equates to beauty Stop being beauty and starts being creepy. And death. And death related. Food for thought from the FMD podcast. Yeah, truly. When, you know, somebody who is seen as pale, like really pale, are they beautiful? Are they sickly? Deathly? Hmm. Deep. Jonathan read Ozymandias back at me. Which I think he mo- he started reciting it from memory. I cut. The- I was going to cut that out because he started, and then he then he paused to look it up, and it took him a while, which was annoying. Luckily, I was going to cut all that out, and then he started reading it to me, and he didn't need to. He had memorized it, indeed. Although he only got like four or five lines in before he decided he wanted to wanted to actually look at it. But yeah, apparently Jonathan likes Ozymandias. Make a request. Maybe maybe we'll have him read it again. And the other poem that I thought I'd uh, read from. The King in Yellow is called The Phantom. The phantom of the past would go no further. If it is true, she sighed, that you find in me a friend, let us turn back together. You will forget here under the summer sky. I held her close, pleading, caressing. I seized her, white with anger, but she resisted. If it is true, she sighed, that you find in me a friend, let us turn back together. 
the phantom of the past would go no further. And I was thinking, okay, I'm pretty sure Robert Chambers is not as smart and with it as I'm thinking because this was written He back. studied art in Paris, honey. But this was in the 1800s. Like, But if he were alive now, he would have a man bun and he'd totally be from Portland and name drop and everything. Okay, fine. So then I'm thinking like, what if this is supposed to be talking about how the phantom of the past is the thing that that haunts you, that haunts this this woman and she sees this thing that haunts her as her friend, the thing that her constant companion. But it's also a bad thing. And so she wants to turn away. Dude, Home to- Skillet is talking about anxiety. Yeah, and he wants to, she wants to go into the summer skies so that they can forget, so they can both forget and not be haunted by this thing. But the Phantom of the Past cannot step into the light. And therefore, it wants her to stay in the dark with it, him. Dude, 1890s anxiety. Wow. Yeah. There wow. You go. Undiagnosed anxiety. Yeah. Good times. Good you, times. Probably could use some therapy. So, so how does that relate to a play that drives people mad when you read it? You know, maybe you can say that madness is it's it's there's a spectrum. There is the crazy that you go from witnessing the impossible, the supernatural, and there's the, the crazy that just is undiagnosed mental illness. And perhaps everything is just sort of somewhere in between. Or maybe he wrote a poem and threw it in his book because he needed to fill a page. Well, yeah. I'm just saying. Yeah. I'm not saying. I'm just saying. All right, everybody. Well, there you go. That's it. Sorry about the technical difficulties. Uh, we just want to get something out to you guys because we feel really bad about missing so much. I mean – Okay, no, I don't feel bad about missing so much because, I mean, it was the Texas freeze and then Jonathan got COVID. But, yeah, it still sucks. So we want to get something out to you guys. So we'll see in two weeks. Uh, Without me. Mm. Although I'll listen. Yeah, she always listens. Uh, I think the plan is, if I remember correctly, we're going to review the Delta Green RPG because we're going to do stuff. We got plans. We got plans. But I, I think after that, in the queue is another game that Jonathan really wants to be playing TPS. But that's neither here nor there. Join us next time. Join us on all our social media. Discord. Discord's where it's at. It's got two turntables and a microphone. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. And, uh, last but not least, Gina, any final thoughts? Uh, yeah, actually I do. Um, in my search for some decent poetry, I came upon a very short one, which I think is a pretty wise a set of wise words uh, by Ogden Nash. The title is called A Word to Husbands, though I believe it should be just, you know, a word to anybody in a committed relationship. Uh, The poem goes, To keep your marriage brimming with love in the loving cup, whenever you're wrong, admit it. Whenever you're right, shut up. Deep. Yeah. Deep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, with that, Gina, be excellent to one another and party on. The music you heard in this podcast was intro by Elifiel. Additional music was provided by Brian Winkleman. Funding for the Forgot My Dice podcast was provided by our supporters on Patreon. Thank you 